Um, we have been going through a new series uh, called Preparing the Way for the Lord. Preparing the Way for the Lord. Can you look at your neighbor and say, Preparing the Way for the Lord? Preparing the Way for the Lord. And we have been doing this series on uh, John the Baptist. And uh, last week we talked a little bit about him and if you weren't here last week, um, and if you, maybe you're, you're, you're new to church or new to the Bible, John the Baptist was a, uh, a character that was prophesied about actually all the way back in the book of Isaiah. And so 700 years before he was around, um, Isaiah the prophet prophesied about him. And um, when he was born, he was born uh, f- uh, by, uh, well, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and prophetically through the power of the Spirit, um, the Lord spoke, and he said, He will bring many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Speaking of John the Baptist, he will, go, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So prophetically speaking, and then he was born, and um, so this is speaking of him before he was born to, to, um, to Zechariah, but it's crazy because when you read about him, you, again, you see that he was filled with the Holy Spirit before, before birth. He had a double portion of uh, the blessing. Um, in fact, even Jesus said about him, among those born of w- women, there's no one greater than John the Baptist. And so um, he's just a really interesting character, and I, I've wanted to do a, a little bit of a series on him for a while. And so we're just kind of delving into some different passages of Scripture and, and kind of learning a little bit more about him. And so again, today we're going to be reading the passage of Scripture specifically we're going to be looking at today is found in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to be reading through verses 4 through 10. And it says, uh, John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. And all the men said, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, let me read that one more time. John's, John's clothes were made of camel hair. His, he had a leather belt around his waist. His, uh, his food was locusts and wild honey. And all the men said, amen. All right. Um, people went out uh, to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, can you look to your neighbor and say, Pharisee? Now look to your neighbor and say, you're just a Sadducee. Okay, Pharisee and Sadducee. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones... God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I'm just going to read from verse 7 again. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was being baptized, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Lord, just uh, 
again, I just pray that you minister your truth this morning. And may you be magnified and glorified, Father. I pray that you will um, quicken in our hearts any areas that need to be um, illuminated and that you will get all the glory and the praise this morning, Father, in your holy name. Amen. So, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this, this picture that uh, maybe you see it, maybe you don't, I don't know. I kind of want to maybe paint a little bit of a picture for you this morning. If you can imagine, um, God had been silent for 400 years, right? Hadn't really spoken, we don't really have any information, He's silent for 400 years of intertestamental silence. And um, I don't know, I can imagine uh, people being hungry to hear from the Lord. I mean, have you ever been in a dry spot in your life where you're just eager to hear from the Lord? You have been praying, you have been seeking him, and it's just like there is a dome over heaven. Like, you, you, you feel like you've been going through the motions, and you're feeling no emotion. Like, sometimes you want to have some emotion about it, don't you? You're going through the motion, but you're having no emotions. You're like, ah, I just, I don't feel like God is moving. I don't feel like God is speaking. And um, I just, so, so just kind of imagine this with me. Here are these people that had, you know, it had been 400 years since um, they'd heard anything and the prophets had been silent and the, the, there wasn't really anything happening. And, 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 and here you are and you're just waiting and maybe you kind of hear the stories of old or maybe you're someone that had studied the Old Testament, the Torah, and you, you knew about the miracles that had happened, and you, you, you wanted to experience it so badly. And anyone else like that sometime? Yeah, okay. You wanted to experience it so badly. You're like, oh my God. Like, you're talking with your mom. You're talking with your dad. You're talking with your, I don't know, whatever. You're talking. And as you're talking, they're like, have you heard about this guy who is, um, he's been in the wilderness. He's out in the sticks, and he's, he's, he's kind of weird, He's, um, like, I heard that he, he eats locusts, and he eats wild honey. It's kind of weird. He, he, he doesn't wear normal clothes. He, 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 he's dressed in camel hair, and he has a, luckily, has a belt around his waist, okay? And, um, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I don't know. Like, like, I've heard good things are happening. I've heard people are going out there. Maybe I'll go out into, I've heard out, out in the Jordan. Maybe, maybe I'll go out there and just kind of see what's happening. So you go out there, right? And I think sometimes we have a, like a, a miss, a, 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 maybe just myself. I, like when I think about John the Baptist in the wilderness baptizing people, I think well, maybe there was, I don't know, maybe like 50 people out there. You know, and he's just kind of talking and quietly, and there's just a few of them. Or maybe, maybe there was, a, I think maybe, maybe there's like a couple hundred people. Uh, maybe, I don't know, I just have this picture. You know, like you see in the old, like, uh, like the old kids' books, the, with the little picture books, where it shows um, him baptizing Jesus, and Jesus was wearing, yeah, I was in the old picture books. He had like the, the white robe with the, with the sash, you know, like baptizing Jesus, and there's just like a little group of people around him, and you're like, I don't know. So, I don't know, maybe because I, I, you know, had the little picture books growing up. I was kind of thought like that was the way that it was. Um, 
But if you look a little bit closer at Scripture, it's interesting because it, paint, and it, it paints an interesting picture that maybe you haven't, hadn't picked up before. But if you look at verse 5 again, it says, People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So you think that's actually a pretty big area of people. So when you're going out there, we're not, we're not necessarily talking about uh, 50 people or 100 people, a few hundred people. We're not even talking about like 1,000 people. You kind of have to, I, I was doing some study with Josephus, who was a historian during the same time. And he actually said that there were tens of thousands of people that were at the Jordan getting baptized. Tens of thousands of people. So people hadn't heard from the Lord from a long time. You hear about this guy named John the Baptist who's out there looking like a wild man, eating crazy stuff and doing insane things. And you go out to the Jordan River, and there's not a a couple hundred people, there's not a couple thousand people, but there's tens of thousands of people. And you think, oh my goodness, what is this guy talking about? What is he doing to attract that kind of a crowd? Okay, he looks kind of crazy, but what is he doing to attract that kind of a crowd, to attract attract tens of thousands of people? Like, that's kind of wild. I think, well, well, maybe he was... Maybe he was giving away free cars or free camels. Um, (laughs) Maybe he was uh, giving away um, free money. Maybe he was uh, preaching a very exciting message on the mercies of the Lord. You know, maybe he was maybe he was preaching a, a very exciting message on the love of the Lord. Like maybe maybe he was like people had experienced love. And love. Maybe he was preaching this uh, amazing message, and um, it's weird because we don't really know what he said up until this moment. And right here at this moment, the first time we hear him speak in the scripture, he says. You brood of vipers, <laughs> who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. It's like, that's not exactly what you think would be like an amazing message to people to like get tens of thousands of people to come out and hear what you have to, like the first time we, we know what he's speaking, he says, you brood of vipers. Now, maybe, maybe I, I tried to do some study on this. I thought, well, maybe you brood of vipers was a compliment back then. You know, maybe it was something nice, like maybe vipers were something that, um, I don't know, they, they ate, or I don't know, like, like vipers, maybe that was like some secret word for like the Sanhedrin, like good people. I don't know, like maybe the vipers was a, was a good word for people back then, but it's, it's, it's actually, it's not. It's like just if I were to call Christopher a snake right now, that would be an insult, and I would not do that. I apologize. And I wouldn't do that. Like, like calling someone... A snake, even now, is a, is a bad thing. And when you call someone a, a viper or a family of vipers, it's like, that's, that's just not a good thing to call someone. Like, snakes are, 
How many of you guys like snakes? Raise your hand. Put your hand back down, Nate. Uh, snakes are terrible. They're, they're, I mean, they're just, I, I lived with a guy once who was scared of snakes and spiders, and he decided that he was going to try to overcome his fear by having snakes and spiders. And I was at his house, and um, he came in, and I was like, where's, uh, I forget the snake's name, where's Thomas? He's like, oh, Thomas got out. He's running around the house. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Like, snakes are just bad thing, creatures, whatever. But I think even people from that time would have known that snakes were associated with Genesis chapter 3 and the fall and sin and corruption. And so calling someone a snake would have, and calling someone a viper, a poisonous snake, would have been an incredible insult. And calling someone a brood or a family of snakes would be even worse. So him calling them a brood of vipers was a, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't very PC. It wasn't very nice. I mean, if, could you guys, if I came here and called you guys a bunch of snakes, heathens, whatever, I, you guys would probably cry and leave and, and go home and call your therapist and I don't know, whatever. But, but, but call it like, like, this was not good, okay? So then I think to myself, okay, so we called them a bird of vipers, but maybe perhaps he was speaking of the crazy wilderness people. Perhaps he was speaking to the bad people who'd been living in the hills who, um, were eating locusts with him and eating honey with him, and perhaps he was speaking to them. But, again, if you look closer to the, at the text, you see that he was not speaking to the people that were in the wilderness, but specifically he was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um which is kind of weird because uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the religious people. They were the people who prayed every day. They were the people that went to the temple and the synagogue every day. They gave alms. They read the Bible in its original language, which is pretty cool. They were religious people. Um. It's interesting because the Pharisees, I've talked about them a little bit before in the, in, in the past, but the Pharisees, the, the, the word Pharisee itself comes from the, the Hebrew word meaning separate. Um, they were thought of and they were known as people who were greatly devoted to God. Their lives were marked with great piety. They followed the law um, every little Every little jot and every little tittle, according to the King James. Um, They wore robes and they had tassels. They were highly regarded from among the people. They were righteous men and everyone knew it. They had great prayers. They knew exactly how to fast. They worked hard. They worked and worked and worked and worked, and worked. Worked hard. In fact, they, they felt like they needed to be more righteous than uh, what the law prescribed. So they actually added to the commandments. They added more than what was needed. And you know what? I, I want to I feel like I am even more righteous than the person next to me. I want to elevate myself so much that that, 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 that people will know that they know that they know that they know that they know that I am separate and set apart. So the Pharisees would, man, they would 
walk around with their robes and their tassels. They would follow all the commandments, and everyone knew it. Um, In fact, they even added more commandments to set themselves even further apart. Now, what's interesting is, so that was the Pharisees. The Sadducees are actually two different groups of people. The Sad, and it's, it's weird, because actually if you do some like, research on the Sadducees, the Sadducees actually ceased to exist um, in about 770 AD, the fall of Jerusalem. They, 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 aren't, they aren't around anymore. But with the Sadducees, they were kind of uh, in the minority view. They were rich, and they were highly educated, um, they were, they, they, with them, they kind of looked for political power. They looked for prestige and influence. Um, and it's weird because they were in the minority and because they were looking for power. If you go back and you read some like old writings, they would say that Sadducees would pose as Pharisees so that they could get more people to like them and more people to support them. But it's weird because like the Pharisees added things to Scripture, and the Sadducees actually removed things from Scripture. So the Pharisees would add commandments, and the Sadducees would subtract things from Scripture. They'd say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not sure if I like that, so I'm just going to take that out. You know what? I'm not sure if I like this, so I'm going to take this out. Uh, kind of the the, 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 the main things that they supported were, or the, the things that they did, is they, the not, they, they denied God's involvement in everyday life. They denied the resurrection of the dead. They denied the afterlife. They denied the existence of a, of a spiritual world. Now, you can kind of see, if you look uh, in Matthew chapter 22, um, the Sadducees came to Jesus and they tried to trap him. Again, remember, they didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe in heaven, whatever. They said, imagine a, a, a woman was married to a man. And this man had seven brothers. And if this first brother were to die and the second brother were to die and she was just to continue marrying them down the line and each one of them were to die down to the last one, which one in heaven would she be married to? They're trying to trap him because they didn't believe in heaven, and they didn't believe in the afterlife. So the Pharisees, again, were people that would work and work and work and work and work and, and, and try to do everything, and they'd try to elevate themselves. And the Sadducees, and the Pharisees would add things to Scripture, where in contrast, the Sadducees would remove things from Scripture. They really had a form of spiritualness, but it denied the power of God, the Sadducees. Or I'm going to pick and choose. I'm going to pick and choose. I'm going to pick and choose. And when I look at these two groups of people, it kind of made me stop and think for a moment. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you think that we still have Pharisees and Sadducees today? I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, maybe, maybe we still, maybe they don't go by the title. But I think that the spirit of those groups are still alive today. I mean, 
People that work, that work, that work, that work, that work their way up. People that do things to make themselves feel better, to, to elevate themselves among other people. I mean, do we have any Pharisees here today? I mean, you can raise your hand. It's okay. I won't judge you. Do we have any Pharisees here today? I mean, I got to tell you, I, just at work the other day, there was a lady who came in. She was dressed like a wild woman. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. There was nothing there. She was like on drugs or something like that. And then she started talking. She was making no sense. I, tried, I sat her down. I tried to talk with her. She was crazy. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I am so glad I am not like that person. Do we still have Pharisees today? Like, can you imagine the Pharisees going out into the wilderness and they're looking at all the people that are getting baptized and then thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, this is so good that John's being baptized because John is definitely a terrible person. I know that he doesn't go to church. I know that he doesn't fast. I know that he doesn't pray in public. I know that he doesn't get along with his mother-in-law. I don't know. Like, like I know that he's such a terrible person. I'm so thankful that I'm not like John Do we have any Pharisees today? I feel like it's so easy for us to fall into that trap again today. And then I think to myself, do we have any Sadducees? Man. You know, it's interesting because if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 for a moment, It says this, it says, but mark this. There will be times, well, first of all, hold on. Let me go back to Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus was talking to the Sadducees. He said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Can you look to your neighbor and say scripture? Look to your other neighbor and say power of God. Now take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. It says, he says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. And I believe that the birth pains are here. People will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. And all the parents said, okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous without self-control, brutal, lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather lovers of God. Then in verse 5 it says this, and again, think, think about what he said to the Sadducees. You are an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Look what he says here in verse 5. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick and choose what I want. You know, I'm not comfortable with this, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm gonna pick and choose what I want. You know, I, I might go by Christian as title only so that people think I'm cool, but really, in all actuality, I don't really believe in the power of God.
feel like John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when he looked out at the crowds and he looked at all the wilderness people and he looked at the the religious people and he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he looked at them and he saw their heart. And the question is today, if God were to come down here right now, and if he were to look at us, at you watching online, right? What would he see in our heart? What would he see? I mean, we can, we can put on a great show, right? I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, I can put on a very nice shirt, which I have on right now, and very nice pants, which I actually ironed this morning. Thank you very much. Um, these shoes I got from my mother-in-law, and um, they're very nice as well. They're very comfortable, and I'm sure when you guys look at me, you think, man, that guy is very religious and very kind and very good, right? Of course, but if God were to look in my heart, what would he see? You know, we can come up and we can do all this stuff, but if God were to be here this morning and look into your heart this morning, Sarah, what would he see? I think he might see, not to call anyone out, Sarah, not to call anyone else out, John, whatever. But I think if, if he were to look into our hearts this morning, he would see that there might be a little bit of Pharisee and that there might be a little bit of Sadducee. And his message to them is so interesting because what he says to them, after he calls them a brood of vipers, which wasn't a compliment. Look in verse 8 again. He says, produce fruit. Can you look to your neighbor and say, produce fruit? Now look to your other neighbor and say, that's right, produce it, mister. <laughs> produce fruit in keeping with repentance. <laughs> and do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Because I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And the worship team can come back up. Look at that closer. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So for for me, what, 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 you know, repentance is like, I'm going this way, right? I'm marching this way. And, I'm, and I realize suddenly that I'm going in the wrong direction. So if I'm going this way and I'm going in the wrong dire- direction, repentance tells me that I have to change my course and turn around, right? I got to start going this way, right? Or if, if, if you know, so, so I'm going the wrong direction, boom, 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 boom. I realize I'm going in the wrong direction. Once I realize I'm going in the wrong direction, I have to change my course. Can you look at your neighbor and say, change your course? Change your course. I'm, I'm changing my direction Now, what's interesting is when he tells them to repent, he tells them to produce fruit, okay? Now, how many of you guys know that producing fruit isn't necessarily a quick thing, right? Like I, Paul can testify, I planted a grapevine a few years ago, and it took like three years for it to produce fruit. Now, now granted, I accidentally cut it down once, and the dog chewed on it once, and 
But, 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 so there was some trials along the way, but I was, I was going, I was going in a certain direction. But listen, when you repent, it talks about changing course and going the other direction. And I think sometimes what we do, this is what we do, is, is, is we're going in a certain direction like this, and we realize that we're, we're going in error. Suddenly we realize, oh, I'm a, maybe I'm a Pharisee, maybe I'm a Sadducee, maybe I'm a wilderness person that just needs to get touched by the Lord. We realize I'm going, we're going the wrong direction. What happens is we turn, but we turn just for a moment. We turn to acknowledge it. We turn to realize it. We turn to, okay, yeah, yep, yep, I I shouldn't have done that. And what happens is instead of progressing long enough to produce fruit, we turn back in the direction that we came from. And what John is telling these people is, listen, I want this wilderness experience, this amazing experience where you're with like 10,000 people. And how many of you guys know crowd dynamics can be exciting? It can like, you know, you go, you talk to kids at youth camp, they go and, oh, praise the Lord. Or you go to, you know, I remember I went to a Billy Graham crusade once. It was awesome. It was crazy. He, he preached and he preached and, and like uh, we were at the Metrodome in Minnesota and he, he gave this really simple message and it was like he gave the altar call and it was like, Woof! like thousands of people came down and they were like, you know, re- repented and saved. And but, 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 but he's saying, like, listen, I want it to be more than just a flash in the pan. I want it to be more than like a, a Sunday morning. I want it to be more than a 10,000 people in the wilderness type of experience where people are getting. I want it to be a lifestyle change because when you produce fruit, it's going to take time. It's going to take a moment. It can be tough. It can be difficult. You have, to, you have to plant the seed. You have to work the ground. You have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him daily. Producing fruit literally means a lifestyle change. Maybe some of you who are here this morning, you're like, you know what? I totally understand everything that you're saying this morning. Totally understand it. Praise the Lord. Maybe some of you even clapped it or said amen. Praise the Lord. But I think what God is really looking for is he's looking for true repentance that produces fruit. That produces fruit. Lord, we thank you for your goodness this morning. God, we thank you for your greatness your kindness. We thank you for your majesty. God, we thank you for your word that you've given us that does not change. God, we thank you that Jesus already walked that road to Calvary so that all we have to do is confess, believe, repent. 